Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of Late Night Football. Welcome to another edition. And of course, it's a, uh, I mean, we, uh, I mean, what, what can I say? It's a, it's a developing story that we've been watching, and things have been happening. And uh, we're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about Chelsea. Uh, and oh, we can't talk about Chelsea without having Nishikan on the show. So, Nishikan, welcome uh, once again. It's been a while since we had you. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure yes. a lot of people yeah. have missed you. It's good to have you back. Good, good, good to be back. I, I wish I could have been back under better circumstances, but we'll make do with what we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We wish to as well. But, you know, um, that, that's, that's life is like a box of chocolates, as uh, Tom Hanks said. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, we'll talk about Chelsea. Um, so just a quick re- recap uh, for people about the situation. So um, at the moment, the sanctions that are happening with Chelsea, they're kind of um, like it's a kind of a rolling storm thing. We spoke about this actually last week where we were talking about Roman Abramovich wanting to get rid of Chelsea. Um, wanting to, you know, get out of the club, uh, so to speak, just to be able to protect the club and to be able to protect his assets. That's um, it's taken a while. And what has happened now is that the UK government has also sanctioned uh, Roman Abramovich personally, as well as Chelsea. Uh, and so the way that things are right now, it's uh, it's, it's a sad situation um, with, with regards to where Chelsea are at. And uh, for those of you who don't know the details, I mean, you can obviously look them, look them up online. We won't be able to cover everything. Uh, today, but I think some of the key points, um, Nishi, is of course the fact that uh, there won't be any transfers uh, until this is resolved, and there won't be any contract negotiations until this is resolved. Um, as well as ticket sales will not happen, um, but I think that that's something that the fans will probably try and, and work that deal out with the UK government. Uh, we'll talk about the takeover as well, but let's start with these uh, pressing concerns. Um, how do you think that's going to affect the playing staff? You know, because um, you know, obviously, not having contract negotiations currently with what the club is at. Um, what, what do you think the impact would be for that? Well, the immediate impact would be definitely as Piliqueta, Rudiger, and Christensen leaving. All three of them are free agents, and if we can't offer them a contract, there's no reason for them to stay. So obviously, we we are going to lose out on these three, especially Rudiger, who who I think has been our best defender, uh, you know, ever since uh, Thomas Tuchel arrived. Mm -hmm. So that that's a big loss. Not too bothered about. Christians and I think we were all prepared for him to leave. So it wouldn't have mattered either way. Uh, as Piliqueta as well, great loss in, in terms of character and leadership, but but it was kind of coming. Uh, he, he was old and, and we now have Reese James, who, who's kind of the primary right back or right wing back. Uh, so so that, that's definitely the, lo- the immediate loss in terms of uh, you know, uh, the players whose contracts are expiring. Apart from that, obviously, the other problem is players who have had, you know, may- maybe who were promised a better contract, a better deal, might feel uh, disgruntled or, you know, might feel let down because now mm-hmm. we cannot offer them the new, the pay rise or whatever the new deal uh, was offered. Mm-hmm. So that that's, it's, it's definitely a very, very tough time, you know, not just because of the uh, contract situations, I'm hearing reports that we have had to lay off staff as well. So even at a human level, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the, these staff who uh, work day in, day out to make sure the pitches are fine, people get food in the stadiums, and and those those people who who are not, whose work is not recognized in the media but are pretty important behind the scenes, uh, they, they, them getting laid off. I mean, Chelsea did not lay off a single staff during entire COVID. But the UK government has definitely forced a British club to fire British citizens uh, with this decision. So, uh, 
I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you, you know, a pretty tough time for Chelsea yeah. as a club, mm -hmm. uh, kind of struggling to survive uh, right now. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, players, you could probably replace them with whatever we have in, in <laughs> academy. And I think we have a good, good academy, uh, th thankfully, who, who can actually pitch in. But I think the uh, aftermath of this would have a ripple effect all over Chelsea. And, you know, some, some replacements probably won't be able to, we won't be able to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the flip side, Lukaku won't be able to get his Inter Milan move. He'll probably have to stay another year. I can always joke yes, about that. Um, but, I mean, it is it is a sad situation. Actually, you made a very good point, and I will come back to that towards the end because there, there's some discussion there as well to be had. Um, but, yes, it, it is sad, I mean, especially with Chelsea. But then you've got um, a few players who could step up, as you said. I mean, there's Malang Sar, uh, there's Chaloba, so you've got replacements there. Probably they might regret now selling uh, Figaro Tomori, not not having a buyback clause, um, or you know, or, but even if they had had a buyback clause, it wouldn't matter at this point. But probably selling him might be a regret. Um, but that's on the playing side, obviously. Um, the other bigger issue is because the sponsors are pulling out as well. Uh, we've heard that three want to pull out. Uh, you know, as well as jokes about that, but they're probably pulling out. Um, and some others as well that are Nike is considering as well. Um, uh, you know, not giving its its, its sponsorship deal. Uh, is it? I mean, I was, I was wondering, you know, I asked Sudan this question, the short term, it's going to be a problem for Chelsea, the short to medium term. I thought it would be fine, but actually things might get worse in the short to medium term more than uh, the long term. Yeah, I mean, uh, the short term effect could be, uh, you know, I mean, assuming that, you know, uh, the government allows a special dispensation and we are able to sell the club and we get a, a new owner who would have a, lot of work on his hands by the way uh, given the situation at Chelsea right now mm -hmm. so yeah uh, things could stabilize in long run uh, too early to kind of make that kind of comment right now uh, we don't know how mm -hmm. things would be what what the government would decide there's a lot of uh, uh, you know PR thing as well involved in decisions that governments have been making uh, you know in, in, in at the uh, uh, under the pretext of uh, this this war and san sanctioning uh, Russia and uh, you know Russians uh, for that matter, but uh, yeah, so it's too early to say whether long term would be better or uh, worse. But definitely, there there is a lot of short term impact. You know, uh, there's uh, I mean, the, the Chelsea are cash trapped right now. Uh, you know, you you have limitations on what you can spend. Uh, on a match day and on travel and uh, you know other things so there's, there's definitely a huge financial crisis right now so that will definitely have a very bad impact in short term and mid term so yeah but I can't really say at the moment if things would be uh, you know better or worse in the long term we'll, we'll have to see how this pans out and what are the rules what what relaxations are made I think club has uh, been talking to the go government for relaxation in rules, uh, some some of the licenses that uh, and sanctions. So let's see how it pans out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, again, yeah. It, it's a it's a sad situation that's happened to Chelsea, and it's happened. Um, we'll talk. Let's talk about the takeover thing as well, because um, you know, at the end of the day, what all of this is happening to Chelsea because of the owner, right? The owner was the owner's name was instead of Roman Abramovich, it was something like Roman Abrams or someone like that. Who was you know British? They wouldn't nobody would care, right? 
Um, but uh, I mean, let's talk about the takeover as well. I mean, there's a takeover thing right now uh, as far as mm -hmm. I am concerned, and, and Nishikan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but it's basically that right now, um, uh, Chelsea can be sold. That's not a problem, but Roman cannot uh, directly benefit from any proceeds from that sale. So basically, whatever the amount Chelsea has sold for, Roman is not going to get any money. That's the UK government thing. So, I mean, the question is, will if Chelsea have to be sold, then Roman has to go to the UK government and the UK government will, cons will sort of um, oversee the whole bidding process. Uh, they do have some buyers lined up. There's people from you know, all around the world that are, of course, interested in Chelsea, as any as any Premier League club would attract that interest. Um, see, I mean, let, let's talk about this from a perspective of, of an owner. Would what would Roman's mindset be thinking? Because he's putting money in this club. Obviously, he said he doesn't want he's going to wave off the loans and all of that. That's that's fair. But the fact is, he's put in money, and now he can't even he can't even sell the club, um, you know, yeah. on his own accord. Now, you know, keeping aside, we we know what. Roman's connections are to Putin, and that's and that's totally, or the Russian government, I should say, uh, totally different on that front. But still, I said, no, no. What's the incentive for Roman to say, you know what, um, I've got, I got to sell this, um, but I'm not really getting anything from it. So I don't think a lot changes in in that sense, uh, uh, you know, with respect to Roman Abramovich. Uh, not much changes because he had waived off loans anyway, and uh, he had already announced that all the whatever the net proceeds will be from the sale would go towards the Ukrainian victim. Uh, actually, he said they might not all go to Ukraine. He later clarified that so, sentence. Like, not all good might go to Ukraine. So yeah, there's always that gray area, right? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> could, yeah, could be. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some part of it would have gone. Uh, the, the thing is, now I'm thinking if, you know, you, you, you know from, from, from a uh, businessman perspective, obviously it's a tough situation for Roman. Not just for Chelsea, he has other assets, uh, uh, probably not as valuable as Chelsea, but a lot of assets uh, in United Kingdom, and and the same rule applies for, you know, all of those. So from a businessman perspective, this is definitely uh, you know a loss for him, and you know I don't know what I, I can't really, you know, I haven't been lucky enough to have assets as valuable as, you know, what Roman has. So me neither. Uh, we, this is yeah. rich people problem. So, yeah, yeah rich, it's, a, it's a rich people problem. So I can't really say what the, uh, you know, mindset would be, uh, you know, because he he already has a lot of cash. So, you know, whatever they have sanctioned, they have sanctioned, you know, you know, maybe a few billion that he has in United Kingdom. You know, he has few, quite a few frozen other assets. Yeah, frozen yeah. all of that frozen assets and quite a few billions in different, different countries where he hasn't been sanctioned. So, you know, personally, I don't think it affects him as much as it affects the, you know, employees of, and, and people who are involved with those assets, not being the owner, being employees and being, uh, you know, caretakers and things like that, who are probably more affected than Roman Abramovich himself. The other thing is, uh, let's say we get that special dispensation and uh, uh, what you said that uh, Chelsea can sell so long as UK government uh, oversees it. That's something which is being floated around in the media. Probably true, but it's not something UK government has agreed to yet. So it, 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 it is one way, you know, which is being kind of floated around the media. The government could agree, provided that Roman does not get any uh, a single penny from the proceedings of the sale so but uh, wh where would that money go at least some part of it was going to go to the ukrainian victims where does it go now does it go to the coffers of 
you know uk mps and uh, you know whatever their uh, political system is who who gets the money what happens to that money yeah, does wonder. the money get yeah so yeah, we don't I mean, that's a good that. question actually we haven't even thought yeah. about that i don't know if anybody's thought about that that's a big question eh? see we always hit the hard hitting questions here last week we had a good one and this week again we got a good good point here. i mean where does that money go actually because yeah, uh, where does that money go does it go sure. in a trust fund that you know roman can take in once the sanctions are lifted maybe he can take it back is that what's going to happen or is the uk government just going to give it to the sports ministry and then they can or does it go to the Premier League? Nobody knows where yeah. that money is going to no go. No one right? knows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the best thing would be the it gets reinvested back in the club, or or if not in the club, at least in the Premier League. That would be at least uh, from a UK government perspective, because or you know even better would be if UK government sends it to victims of probably Ukraine and and other wars that that have been neglected in the media and haven't really been. Uh, no, no one has been sanctioned because it, they have uh, Russia. It, it, it isn't Russia who's attacking those countries. So maybe, maybe uh, you well, know, I mean, that, like that. that's that's a more geopolitical thing. I'm, I'm sure there's a very interesting yeah. conversation to have there as well. But uh, maybe yeah. where does the money go? Um, but so, you know, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I, I wonder, yeah, you could use it for a lot of things for that money. That there's a lot of good that yeah. that money could do. The question is, is the will to do the and, good? And, stuff. and another thing is now, who decides the price? So if Roman does this oversees the sale uh, and Chelsea oversee the sale, then Chelsea decide the price. If UK government is doing the sale, who decides the price? Uh, how does that negotiation happen? You know, what are the, uh, you know, if there are any hidden clauses in this kind of special dispensation as they call it. So we, we don't really know what would happen. I think uh, there is a good chance that uh, you know you know because it's a british club and and it's it's a, it's a, it's an important club in the country so there's a good chance that government might agree that okay fine you could sell it so we will we, we'll get to know more i mean things are uh, you know i mean i i don't think that well, I, mean, I mean yeah i guess they could set up a trust group that could oversee the sale of the club itself. Um, then the, and then this, when the money, where the money goes, is, is another question. But I guess yeah, I mean, whenever trusts are involved, they are so complicated that you never know where the money went. That, that's, right? that's so that, that that trust, this trust thing has been a long proven way of laundering mm -hmm. money. So do you do you trust the trust? That's the question. Yeah, do you that? trust the trust? You can't spell so trust without trust. But anyway, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, um, it's yeah, that's definitely. But the thing is, the situation is so volatile right now that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Hmm. Right now, I think there's no better time to live in the moment. Thomas Tuchel said, uh, I think after the, uh, the last game, there's no better time to be in the moment than right now because you, you simply cannot say what's going to happen tomorrow. So yeah. I, I guess that's where we are at. Uh, and all, all of us Chelsea fans, I think, you know, I don't know how much uh, Roman Abramovich, uh, I mean, from what I know, what we have seen him for the last 20 years, He's just as you know big a fan of, of Chelsea as anyone, so I'm, I'm sure he's hurt at some level. But uh, I, I think the problem is more for the fans and for the staff and for the level one, well, level one, level two, level three employees uh, than anyone else, right? Because even players, even if they don't get a hike in let's say next six months, these are already millionaires, right? They would get hike whenever new 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 owners arrive. But fans are still yet to see who the new owners would be, what would be their agenda, you know, how, you know, we, we have a good owner can take your club 
to places and a bad owner can make your club arsenal so you, wow you, it can make you man united as well uh, that's <laughs> yeah so um uh, yeah. well you know, know, bad, bad owners can also make your club places just not the places you want to go um, <laughs> um, anyway, no, that's a good point. I mean, let's talk about the takeover stuff as well, because I mean, the next owners obviously is going to be important for Chelsea um, in terms of who it's going to be. There's a lot of names around. A lot of them are Americans, um, as expected, because you know why not? Uh, these kind of things, these kind of opportunities don't come around too often. Where you can sign a bona, you can have a bona fide top four uh, Premier League team. Uh, you can own one of those, and and it's it's, it's a hard, it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm sure American owners will want to jump on it. Um, uh, there's a lot of names around that have been thrown out. I'm not going to go through the speculative names and all of that, but there was one name that stood out, um, and that was the owner of the Jets, um, which is an NFL team in, um, in, in, of course, in the US. And apparently, they're interested in Chelsea. And the Jets have, if you, if you are an NFL fan, I didn't know this, so I read in the article. If you're an NFL fan, they have not won uh, the Super Bowl in like uh, 50 years or something, and they've never, and since I think in about 20 years, they haven't even made the playoffs for like a long time. So um, there's something to be careful about. Uh, uh, there. Uh, it's just, um, I mean, obviously Americans will be interested because Britain would not mind American owners uh, right now. I think that the situation that it is. Uh, do you feel that the change of ownership might also bring a change in the attitude of, of how Chelsea is to operate? Because that they'll lose that bit of edge, that ruthlessness that they had. Uh, do you think the new owners, do you, do you think that should be a priority as well? To, to find owners that have that ruthlessness? Or do you think at this point it will be, well, whoever takes it, takes it because we need to stabilize the club first? Yeah, I think that should be the priority of the, that should be the only priority of the Chelsea board right now. To find an owner, I'm not a big fan of uh, Americans in English football because they simply do not understand the game. They'll probably be laundering money from here to their, uh, you know, whatever NFL or NBA, whatever uh, other ownership that they have, right? So, uh, and we have history of that uh, with Manchester United, with, you know, Liverpool, you know, both have Americans owner, neither of the fans are happy with their owners. So American owners are probably the worst thing, but the safest thing, because it, it doesn't matter whom America attacks, their owners are not, United States isn't going to be sanctioned, neither would be American citizens. So it's the safest thing for sure uh, to have an American owner, but I would rather have, you know, if, if that, if it comes to that, then why not have a British? I I heard uh, I forgot the name of this person now, but a couple of British business British Ruben, uh, Ruben, business. Rubens the Ruben family. Yeah, no, there, there's one guy. He is a Chelsea fan. Oh. He has been a childhood Chelsea fan. I mm. think he's into real real estate. I I can't really recall his name right now. Yeah, it's really he has, names. Yeah, he, he, he's open to partner uh, with you know some sort of consortium mm-hmm. and and make a bid for Chelsea. So probably. You know, having someone like that, but definitely the biggest priority right now is to have an owner with a clear idea of how he, he or she would take Chelsea forward. You know, uh, we the the identity of the club is it throughout the Roman era has been associated with winning, right? It doesn't matter whether we change uh, manager twice a season or twice every year uh, or once, uh, you know, in two years, it doesn't matter. But the, the success has been constant that you you all, uh, Chelsea have been winning. So that, that that's something that has been associated with the clubs. That's what fans are used to and that's what fans demand. So uh, that shouldn't change. That attitude has to be there, that winning above everything else. Right? And, and that is the way to make clubs successful. All, all the, you know, success that came, 
to Chelsea is because of the fact that they continue to win. They, they won European trophies, domestic trophies, and that's why Chelsea were successful. That's why we got all the sponsors, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, everything that came along with it. It comes because a club wins. Uh, so that has to be the priority, in my opinion, uh, to not change the, not, uh, you know, uh, destroy the soul of Chelsea that has been built around winning. So that that's definitely need to be taken care of. And it is the responsibility of Chelsea board, uh, Bruce Buck and his comp, uh, you know, colleagues, Marina, uh, these these people. Is Marina still going to be there? I heard that Marina is going to resign as well. Isn't no, she, that 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 was uh, there was a post going around with Marina saying that Matt Law already discredited it uh, at that time, and this was this is before the sanctions happened. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the parties interested in buying Chelsea were also inter uh, at, uh, interested in that Marina should stay because, you know, she, she is a very important person at Chelsea. She's a very important person in football in general, very talented, uh, very, very strong uh, director of football. So I, I would personally want her to stay regardless of, of whether course you would, of course you would. Yeah. Yeah. It's a inside <laughs> joke, of course. Yeah, no, no, I understand. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think Chelsea should try to retain the structure as much as they can. Whether, well, whoever the owners are, if they can keep the structure, that's, of course, going to be critical yeah. um, for Chelsea. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's scary times ahead uh, for Chelsea and for Chelsea fans. And uh, we'll hope and hope that, you know, this gets resolved quickly. Because um, the last thing that anybody wants is Chelsea for Chelsea to become another Leeds um, situation, to have another Leeds situation on our hands where they quickly yeah. fall down. Uh, nobody wants that. But I mean, Ishikan, again, uh, I spoke about this. I mean, we kind of touched on this last week and it was kind of, uh, uh, um, it was interesting revelation because we talked about this a lot. So again, I bring this conversation back, fan ownership in football um, to avoid this kind of situation. I mean, again, there was a bit of a line there. I saw uh, there was, I think, uh, a sort of a press release or something that came out from the Chelsea supporters, uh, the uh, uh, FSA. And I think one of the things that they spoke about was um, Again, we want to have this uh, fan ownership model, uh, you know, we support it. And we keep talking about this fan review, fan review, fan ownership. It's nothing's been done. It's been a year now, almost since the Super League thing came about. Um, and still nothing has been done. How important and how critical, again, do you think that this topic will should be, again, on top of people's minds of having fan ownership? Uh, you know, you... I, mean, I guess it's, the first question is, do you even think that? a romanticized idea, fan ownership, right? Uh, you're a fan, you own the club, you control the club, you have the decision-making power. Sounds, sounds really good, uh, but it depends how practical it is, uh, you know, uh, at a club like Chelsea, right? Uh, and, and, you know, how, how things would work out. I really do not know the, this, the, the details. You know, Barcelona has this fan ownership kind of well, thing. Bayern have it as well. Um, it's, uh, all German it. clubs have it. I think the way that yeah. it works... But um, eventually, yeah. it's still one person that runs. Right? You have an election or however you choose the president or something like that, you know. So it still boils down to the fact that, you know, who gets voted in. And votes often, uh, you know, when people vote, they are often not very objective but more emotional when well, they are well, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, just to clarify, Barcelona is a bit of a different model because it is a fan, like club membership. So the club members, um, they vote for the for okay. the president, whoever they yeah. want. So it's not always fans. It's basically the members who do that. Obviously, fans, you have to be a member of a club. 
uh, to be able to do that. But the way it works is that there's an election and they and they do that. With Bayern, I believe it's it's more of a model where um, there is a sort of well, all, obviously Bayern has a fifty plus one ownership model. So where club members do, I don't, I don't think I'm not sure if they're elected. I think the president gets elected, but then they appoint uh, people. But the way that Bayern have done it is that they basically had everyone in house. So you have people uh, right from the top to probably in the executive level, right from the top to bottom. It's people who played for the club who have some kind of affiliation with the club rather than outsiders. They don't generally bring in outsiders. Um, so that's the way it works um, in Germany. Of yeah, course, but, but these system. clubs have been fan-owned for a while and they've had the time to establish themselves. Mm-hmm. Right now, in Premier League, when there are billionaire owners spending millions and hundreds of millions on players, a fan-owned club might not be able to compete at that level. Mm-hmm. Bayern Munich cannot compete with Manchester City when it comes to the money power. Right? They are able to get all the... They have a great uh, recruitment system and they find players you know, pretty cheap, pretty young, and they develop them really well. Mm-hmm. And they have that clout in Bundesliga wherein they can get the next best thing from you know, Dortmund or Schalke or, or yeah. wherever. Right, mm-hmm. Everyone wants to join Bayern. But if Bayern comes and starts playing in Premier League, I do not think that they would be able to persuade a... Uh, Ruben Diaz to leave Manchester City and come play for Bayern Munich, right? Yeah, well, I mean, their model wouldn't. Yeah, well, their model wouldn't be to persuade a Ruben Diaz. Their model would be to persuade probably um, a Harry Maguire or a Declan Rice to to come to, to because they were playing in England. As, yeah. as Bayern are an English club, they would they would do that. That's what they would do. But the, yeah. the question, of I mean, course, well, they so, want Harry um, Maguire. I, I I wouldn't need to be persuaded. I'd be like, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> take him, please. But yeah. I am understanding. So what yeah, I get what you're saying, like yeah, young yeah. English mm-hmm. talents, and yeah. like how they do young uh, German you know, talents. Yeah, German talents. But obviously, they also got the likes of uh, uh, Lewandowski. They, they they took him off. Uh, you know, not yeah, Dortmund's uh, thing. So uh, you know, so I don't know if that would really work. In, yeah. At this point in time, you know, if, if clubs have already built that kind of structure and they have been there for long, so it's it's a very, uh, sounds really romantic, this idea of fan ownership. I do not know in this commercialized world of football how realistic it is. I, I also am not very familiar with the, uh, you know, intricacies of how this whole fan ownership so thing It won't work. Works. I'm right off the bat. It won't work if one club does it. It's not going to work because immediately yeah. it's not going to work. Like the all 20 clubs have to agree to it and they all have to do it because that's and the only 20 way clubs hardly ever agree on it. Yeah. And, so. and all, all, you know, you need a two thirds vote or whatever. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you need all 20 clubs to agree that yes, we're going to move to a fan ownership model because otherwise. Two thirds people club haven't been able to agree on the fact that we should have five yeah. substitution instead of three. Exactly. Entire yeah. Europe has five substitutions, so I, I don't see this happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but in an ideal world, that's what would need to happen is that yeah. all 20 clubs would need to agree that, yes, we all in an ideal world, there would be no war, and Roman Abramovich would still be Chelsea owners. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's fine, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the reality is that that's how it would have to work is all 20 clubs agree to it. The problem with that is, well, I mean, you know, for owners that have put in a lot of money, um, obviously, and have held all these shares, they're gonna have to give up 40, 49% of their shares or whatever. Uh, well, 50%, 50 plus 1% of the shares up um, to fans. Um, and do clubs want to do that? I mean, does two owners, what owner would, would want to do that? Probably none, right? No, and I wouldn't yeah. want, if I was an owner, I probably would be upset about it too. Yeah. Leaving aside the morality and the ideality of the situation, um, that, that's just the way it is. Um, but that's something, but you know, the question really is about do, do clubs need it? And I feel clubs need it. I, I think somewhere, I mean, the government has got to step in here and probably they do need it because 
at the end of the day, this could happen to any club. It could have happened to it could happen to City. It could happen to United. Could happen to any club really. Um, and what you know, what really happens is well, you know, Obama Roman's going to be fine. You know, he's got a lot of billions already stashed. He's only going to make a few more before he's uh, before his time. So he's going to do that. He's going to be fine. The players are going to be fine. They're not going to you know, if if Chelsea don't pay them the money, somebody else will. So they'll just move on and go ahead, right? It's the fans that suffer at the end of the day, right? We are the ones who are invested in our clubs. Uh, we are the ones who go to see the matches, whether we watch them online, whether we watch them, you know, we stay up late at night to watch them. We get up early in the morning to watch them. Uh, depending on where we live, or we go to the stadiums, obviously, to watch them. Uh, so it's the fans ultimately that suffer. And I feel that um, clubs are more than just, you know, companies. Um, there are communities that are built around clubs as well. And yeah. so I do believe that a fanship model is needed. The question is, and, and it's just for the fans, right? It's really about protecting the fans and helping the fans, really. But again, and like I said, it's a romantic idea in, 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 in an ideal world. We don't live in an ideal world. We live in a, you know, we live, we live in a cruel world. And in a cruel world, um, does the government have the appetite to do it? And do the owners have the have the will to, to actually agree to that? Yeah. I mean, it's a rhetorical I mean, question, I, really. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, that's a rhetorical question. And, and I don't think, I think it should more be driven by fans and owners. You know, I really don't like when governments get involved in things that, you know, uh, uh, governments' involvements do not really uh, go right because, uh, you know, they have their own, you know, uh, one party will say this thing, another one is going to oppose it for the sake of opposing it because they are in opposition. So that's just... Uh, you know, and eventually this will become a political agenda and then there will be a lot of politic, politics around it, vote bank politics and whatnot. So I, I, I would say that, you know, government should stay away from football and focus on administration and whatever else that they, they are supposed to do. And this is something probably that fans and uh, Premier League should, yeah. you know, discuss. Oh, yeah, the FA, the Premier League, the FA, probably. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, it's just hard, isn't it? I mean, I mean, we're not going to go too much into this discussion because I mean, this is a never-ending discussion. We could talk about yeah. it for two, three hours. Yeah, right? we, we, we are um, making assumptions over assumptions. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's it's the difficulty again. It's the same with fans. So fans are not homogenous, right? All fans don't think the same. Uh, even yeah. you know, like not all United fans think like I think. Uh, not all Chelsea fans think like I think. So how many fans can you get on your side? How many fans? Yeah. I mean, there's there's divides from the fans as well. You know, a lot of club fans, a lot of British fans, a lot of British Chelsea fans don't necessarily consider overseas fans as Chelsea fans. A lot of British United fans um, don't consider, you know, someone like me, they're probably like, well, that's a glory hunter. He's not a real United fan. We don't want him involved, yeah. right? Um, so there's there's all sorts of disconnects, right? Um, within fan bases as well. And I said this as well. If it's going to be a fan ownership, it's got to be an inclusive ownership. It's got to be fans that are represented, not just from England, uh, not just from Manchester, but also, if I'm just saying for Manchester United, for example, um, not just from England, not just from Manchester, but you want to include people from Asia, from uh, North America, South America, whatever, yeah. because you're selling stuff to us. We buy your stuff. Um, you yeah. know, we watch it. If you supposed to have the biggest fan base in the world, then you cannot simply just ask fans in Manchester. Yeah. Well, same with Chelsea as well. You can't just ask fans. Ah, in same same, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Applies to any club. If, yeah. if you pretend or call yourself uh, having global support, then, then you, if, if there is a decision that requires fans' involvement, then it has to be global as well. It cannot be a local thing. And then, yeah, and that unfortunately is not always the case. So anyway, um, we'll stop here. Um, you know, I think we've kind of got a little bit sad, but it's always an interesting discussion to have about fan ownership because I think it's something that we have to make sure that we keep on top of mind uh, since we spoke about it so much last year. And then, you know, we keep we, we kind of lose that conversation. So it's good to keep that. Yeah. But uh, Shikara, there are some big games coming out this week. Obviously, Chelsea will be in action as well. Um, you know, uh, what are you expecting from the players uh, for this one? 
just a final thought uh you know just 100 commitment like we have shown in the last two games uh the game against uh who was it we played in league cup uh that league was cup. league cup was uh, liverpool right at the final oh sorry fa cup yeah uh so i forget the name now yeah. so that that was just the same day uh you know day before uh roman had announced uh you know there was some statement that came in and then all that happened so there there was a lot of noise and then now we played the game after uh, rome after roman abramovich announced a sale we played a game and now we played a game after sanctions so like tukil said uh, as long as we have shirts and a bus full of full, full of fuel mm-hmm. we'll be there and we'll compete so that that that's what i want to uh, see from the uh, fans uh, uh, from from the players frankly i don't even re- really know right now who we are playing you're playing newcastle You're, it's yeah, a sliding yeah. doors moment. You're playing Newcastle. Imagine it'd be a sliding yeah. doors moment, right? One, yeah. one, yeah. one. You know, the originator of the overpaying goes away. Yeah. And but but at least it's a winnable game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's it's a winnable game regardless of the situation. We do have the same players. Those players haven't left us yet. They might, and I wouldn't blame them because ultimately it's business. If if to, to, tomorrow your company. uh you get news that your company is going to shut down any moment then you'd start looking for a job and and that same for uh players uh so you know if some if they leave leave us i'm, I'm not going to blame them if sponsors are leaving us i mean it's it's a bis- it, it, for them it's pure money i mean at least uh footballers pretend to have some sort of connection with fans and everything sponsors don't even do that so for them it's just plain uh business so mm-hmm. but yeah i'm not going to blame any uh, player uh, for yeah. leaving us but uh, so it doesn't uh, come to that and so there's some time to me uh, before we have to worry about that so there's some time yeah. um yeah. It, uh, i just want to make a note as well somebody might be saying that oh well there's a, there's a supposed point deduction that might happen if chelsea go to administration um we're not going to talk about that because quite frankly we we were here with city as well like city are going to get a points deduction they're going to get banned for two years they're going to go play league 2 doesn't happen like that it won't happen to chelsea don't worry about it um they'll, they'll they'll find a way to sell it they'll find a way to do something chelsea won't be in that trouble so i haven't even brought it up because you know don't give me hope as a united fan as i say you know they don't give me hope about anything so we'll leave that aside let's say at this point i wouldn't put it uh, past us right the the way things are going our luck right now might as well might as well get a point deduction and get sent down to championship but you won't get sent down to championship that won't yeah. happen that that just to manage but uh, a point deduction i it, it's still a long time it's still may um there's still a lot of time there's still two months it's more than enough time to kind of uh, think of a takeover that might come to us so yeah. but, but chelsea are not responsible for that uk government is we uh, are going yeah. to be sold we would have been fine we would no longer have been a russian asset Right. I mean, you have sanctioned a guy where, to 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 whom the sanction barely puts a dent, but you have just caused your own citizens to lose jobs. You have caused pain for your own citizens. So this is a very bad political decision. It's this this decision doesn't help anyone in Ukraine. Right. The war did not stop because Roman Abramovich got sanctioned. Five, ten, fifteen other oligarchs got sanctioned before the war did not stop. Putin got sanctioned himself. His his foreign ministers got sanctioned himself. Uh, himself. The war did not stop, and war is not going to stop tomorrow until Putin get gets what he wants, and he's gonna get what he wants. Uh, Ukraine is already now con- conceding about uh, and and made a statement that they don't want to join NATO, which was what Putin was asking for. 
to begin with that do not join NATO. So they made those concessions. Putin will get what they want. The only ones who will lose are people of Ukraine, people of Russia, and you know people like us who get who got uh, involved into this without you know it 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 wasn't Roman Abramovich's war. It, it definite most certainly wasn't a war caused by Chelsea. Chelsea weren't responsible for the the tea lady wasn't responsible uh, for this. The the groundsman wasn't responsible for this war. But they are the ones who got affected. So it's it's in 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 this uh, PR propaganda world of making yourself look good on Twitter and making yourself good look on, look on news channels. Uh, I think governments need to understand that you know don't don't take hollow actions. You know don't don't fire. You know bombs. You know the, the, we we had. A, I learned a new thing about cluster bombs that could, uh, you know, in this war that that uh, a bomb which fires so many bombs around and it affect it causes a mass dis destruction. So this this is what they have done. You know, uh, instead of going to the point, they have fired a bazooka over uh, something which has caused a mass destruction and hasn't even hit the target. So the collateral damage, there is only collateral damage because of this uh, decision that they have made. Collateral damage is the only damage that has happened. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not going to defend any sanctions here, but the logic behind it, whether it achieves its objective or not, the logic really is that to try to isolate um, Russian, hopefully isolate Russian businessmen who can then put pressure on Putin to kind of withdraw. But anyway, that is a strategic and political discussion. You can have that on, we'll create a new channel for that and then we'll kind of talk about it there, maybe not. Uh, but uh, I mean, you know, it, it is it is a sad situation everywhere around the world, and um, for everyone, for all this, for everyone involved, it is a sad situation. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we just have to wait and watch. And we have to see what happens, and we hope that the damage won't be too much for Ukraine, for Russian people, as well as for you know, for British citizens and for fans of Chelsea FC. Obviously, that that's the most important thing right now. But um, you know, uh, thank you, Nishikan. Thank you for uh, joining me on the show. It is always a pleasure to listen to. To you and to, to get your views on that. Um, it's very passionate. Thanks so, for having towards me. the end there, I guess. Yeah. Like I'm building it up. Like I've been holding it back. Now I'm gonna say it all here. So thank you so much for that. Uh, if you did enjoy the show, let us know what you think about the about about the whole situation on Chelsea. Do you think it's it's do you think there needs to be a uh, um a bit of a, a perspective on, on what's happening uh you know from everyone around the government as to why uh, as to what, what's going on? Does there need to be a little more perspective about things uh and about the, the people that, that is actually affecting? Uh, with these sanctions, um, or do you think that what they're doing right now is, is totally justified? Let us know. Definitely in the conversation, we always hear to hear from you guys. We always love to hear from you guys. And do remember to like, uh, to comment, uh, to also subscribe to the channel uh, if you're new. Um, you know, also subscribe to us on Facebook and YouTube. We, you know, we appreciate your support, and we want to keep growing this channel. So we really appreciate that. And you know, when you do subscribe, you get such content as well because then people are more excited to come on the show as well. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. Take care. Have a good day or night, whatever time you're watching this, and we'll be back again, uh, again soon. Take care. Bye bye.